Hi there, this is Alana. We are going to be chatting today about the book called Everything is Figureoutable. This is a book by Marie Forleo. She is known in the course creation, digital entrepreneur type space. She's got a podcast, a YouTube channel, and she does a lot of mindset and motivation videos for business people, especially people in kind of the creative entrepreneur type situations, which counts as us indie authors. I actually feel like as an industry, the indie publishing industry has a ton that we can learn from people who make digital courses and things like that. And I think there's far more that we have in common with people who are making courses to sell online or doing like membership groups or monthly challenges. People who are making a living and growing an audience online, we have so much more in common with people like that truly than with like the traditional publishing world where it's still more about things like queries and agents and um, you know, like those media press kits and things like that. So if you kind of feel like you've gotten all the information that there is to get about indie publishing and you're just kind of hungry for even more information, I definitely recommend that you follow some people in the online marketing space feel like it can be a really great way to see trends that people have already figured out, right? Like course creators figured out Facebook ads before indie authors did. So as a way to stay a little bit even more cutting edge and to get more information than you would by just researching and listening to podcasts and things like that about indie publishing, I definitely recommend that you follow some of those people. I listen to some of Marie Forleo's podcast. Amy Porterfield has a podcast. There are for sure different flavors and personalities, but if, like I said, you're looking to kind of scale up, there's never the end of what you need to know about indie publishing because it is a fastly changing field. But if you feel like you're caught up on indie publishing news and tips and tricks. And I, I do recommend you check out some online marketing types of coaches, podcasts, blogs, just to increase your learning and to see what might be coming around the corner for authors. Because like I said, in general, the online marketers figure things out before indie authors do. And so we can learn a lot from that industry as it grows. So I want to just share some of my takeaways from Everything is Figureoutable, which is Marie Forleo's book that we're chatting about today. She dives a lot into the mindset of, just like the title sounds, figuring things out and not allowing things like fear to stop you from pursuing your dreams. So one of the things that she dives into which we have for sure talked about on the Successful Writer podcast before, is just the limiting beliefs. So some of the most common limiting beliefs that might be holding you back as an author are things like, well, if my books were good enough, I shouldn't have to market them. Or I can either be a creative success or a commercial success, but you can't be both. Or if I write faster and write more books, it's just going to make me more stressed out and more busy. There are lots of limiting beliefs that we subconsciously often like glean from childhood. I've talked before about how when I wanted to be an author, my dad told me, oh, 
it's a good plan and you're a good writer, but you're way too sensitive and you'll never be able to handle the rejection that comes from being an author. And it took me a good 15 years as an adult to overcome that limiting belief. And then another real sticking point or issue with your limiting beliefs is that you're going to choose to look for the things that confirm what you believe. This is called confirmation bias. And so if you believe that an indie author in your genre cannot be successful, you're going to attach yourself to every single story of an unsuccessful author in your genre. And it can be super discouraging if all you're looking for are stories of failure, right? So a great exercise is I like to do it with my journal. You can do it just kind of thinking through it, but just to go back and think like, what are some of the mental blocks that I might be telling myself that are turning into self-sabotage? We already covered some of the basic ones. Some of them have to do with success blocks, money blocks. I know for a long time, for me, there was a lot of work that I had to do in order to feel safe to earn more money. So some of my blocks were things like people who are rich are selfish or greedy, or you can't be a generous person and a well-to-do person, or a Christian should never strive to earn more than what's going to cover the bare basics, right? We, we glean all of these stories and all of these lies basically since childhood, some of them we pick up later. And then because of the confirmation bias, we're looking for things that are going to keep on allowing us to believe those lies. So if you say, I'm never going to be successful because the Amazon algorithm just hates me. Okay, so in that case, you are blaming something else outside of your control for your failure, if you want to call it that. And so if you believe that you're destined to fail because the Amazon algorithm hates you, why would you bother trying to do things like run ads for your books? Or even let's say you're emailing your newsletter about your book, but subconsciously you believe that you're never going to make it as a, as a commercial success because Amazon does not give you the visibility that you feel like you deserve. So even when you email your newsletter, which has nothing to do with the Amazon algorithm, you're kind of going to subconsciously carry this attitude of my book isn't worth it. My book isn't great. And readers can pick up on that. It's, it's all happening on a subconscious level. But if you're not fully devoted and confident in the fact that you can and will be a commercial success, that's going to come across in how you talk about your books. And then what happens because of confirmation bias is every time you have a poor launch or a bad sales month, that's just going to reinforce what you've been telling yourself. You're going to say, see, the Amazon algorithm hates me. They're never going to show my book to anybody. Instead of asking yourself, why isn't my book selling and what can I do to change that? Right. And so a lot of what we as authors need to do is we need to become empowered to take charge of our own success, which, to be totally honest, is easier to do now than ever before. It used to be that even to get published, you had gatekeepers, you had agents, you had publishing publishing houses, you had to network and know the right people or get incredibly lucky at just the right time to even get your book published. OK, so that's not a barrier for us anymore. And now we've got this alleged barrier of, well, Amazon's just not showing my book to people or things like that. But you know what? We have so many ways to increase visibility. We've got ads. We've got all of these options that even five years ago, even for indie authors, weren't available. And so truly now there's no excuse for you not to 
sell your books and get people to buy it unless you're not putting in the work. Now, I'm, let me let me backtrack a tiny bit. There are some books that are not going to sell well in this market. There are some covers and blurbs that are going to keep your book from selling well. So I'm not saying that every single book can be like a million copy seller. What I'm saying is that there is nothing outside of your control that's going to keep you from figuring it out, right? Maybe the books you've got aren't going to sell. And that's just the truth. It's not the right time for them. Even if you get the most picture-perfect cover, the best blurb in the world. Yeah, it's true. There are some even books in my back uh, backlist that I do not run ads for because the ads are not profitable. So I don't want to make it sound like it's easier than it really is. I don't want to give off the false belief that, oh, all you've got to do is market your books and you're going to be fine. Some books are not going to sell, but that is within your control. If you are the author, one of those books that doesn't sell, you get to figure out what to do next. Again, everything is figure outable. And so you can figure out, do you need to switch genres? Do you need to write more to market? Do you need better cover or blurbs? Those things are under your control. And so we don't have to be a victim to things like, oh, well, Amazon just isn't showing my book to people or, oh, readers aren't buying this genre right now. We can figure out what we need to do to be successful. Another thing that Marie Forleo talks about in her book is just being careful about how you talk about your dreams, your career, your art. And so instead of saying something like, I can't get readers to buy this book, or I can't write more than a thousand words a day, those things are just going to keep us stuck, right? Because we are allowing ourselves to fall victim. So you're a victim to the Amazon algorithm because you can't get them to show your book to people. You are a victim to all the other obligations you've got in your day because you can't find more time to write. Instead, you need to be totally honest with yourself, but also take ownership for these things. One of the phrases that Marie Forleo encourages you to add is the word yet. I don't know how to get readers to find my book yet. Okay. Well, that's why there are courses about Amazon ads and Facebook ads and BookBub ads and growing your newsletter and all these other ways that you can get eyeballs on your book, right? So let's be careful when we say things like can't or never and whatever you feel like is keeping you from being a success, try to figure out a way that you can frame it in a way that you are the one who takes ownership of that. So you can say something like when I launch a book, it doesn't sell many copies because I haven't grown my audience yet, right? Or because I haven't figured out Amazon ads yet or whatever it is. Just remember, you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to wait for somebody to give you permission to be more successful. You don't have to wait for the Amazon gods to give you favor and to start showing your book to people. You can take charge of those kinds of things. It's going to take some learning. It's going to take time and energy to figure out. But again, the whole premise of what we're talking about is everything is figureoutable. Some people will say things like, oh, well, I don't have time to write more or I don't have time to market my books. And again, this is a trap of thinking of yourself as a victim to a busy schedule because theoretically you can find the time for just about anything. The example that I read about once that I like to use is if your doctor came to you and said, if you do not take two weeks off, you will die, then you're going to find a way to do nothing for two weeks. Similarly, if you knew that in order to save your best friend's life, you had to, I don't know, you had to sit and watch a TV show for an hour a day, or let's make it something harder. You had to scrub toilets and clean your house for an hour a day, but that is what's going to guarantee that your best friend doesn't die. 
you're going to make time for those things. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to people who have really hard schedules or are going through really hard times. And I'm not saying that we all need to look like we're at peak performance, right? Some of us, like it's a victory to do the bare, bare minimum just because of energy levels or health issues or mental health. So I want to kind of approach this whole topic of time management with a ton of sensitivity and grace and gentleness. But instead of saying, I don't have time for something, what we can say is something like either I have not, let's add the yet, like we talked about, I have not found a good way to find time to market my books yet right? That keeps the door open and reminds us that, you know what, it's on you to find that time and to figure that out. And what good news, everything is figure outable. Another thing you can say is, I am not making time to do this right now. And that's okay too. You can you like, I am not on Instagram. I don't want to be on Instagram. I am deliberately saying, I am not taking time to learn how to market my books on Instagram right now. And that's okay. I've taken ownership of that. There's no guilt. Yes, I probably am leaving sales on the table, but I've got other things that I'm focusing on instead. And so that's another way that you can frame it in your mind. I am not focusing on Facebook ads right now because I am prioritizing getting my newsletter list set up and getting my lead magnet written. Things like that where the language you use reminds you that you're the one in charge of these decisions and not the victim. One of the time management tricks that she talks about and everything is figure outable is the kind of rule of thumb of create before you consume. So before you jump and check your emails, you get your email newsletter written. Before you sit down and read your pleasure reading for the day, you get those chapters knocked out. It doesn't have to be a hard and fast rule, but we can so easily spend our entire days consuming things. And for some of us, that becomes a trap even. We become the course junkies, uh, where you buy every single course for authors that's out there and you feel like you've gotta take every single, single, single one. And I'm saying this as somebody who makes courses for authors, <laughs> who wants you to buy my courses if you're going to use them, but I don't want you to ever use my courses or anybody else's courses as an excuse in that, oh, well, I cannot figure this out until I've taken all the videos in the course. Sometimes we just need to jump in and start before we're ready. That's another real kind of tenant of the everything is figure outable book is start before you feel ready. And that's okay too. Now, quick caveat. I know of several authors who publish their first book and then regret it because it's not up to their personal standards. But on the other hand, there are people who are going to feel compelled to tweak and edit their book either until it never gets published or until it becomes almost obsolete, right? Like if you wrote a book five years ago and you're still editing it, there's going to be a lot of things that are outdated about that book. Or this is one that I think is like horrifically tragic is you edit out your voice. Like you edit so much that your book sounds completely cookie cutter. I absolutely believe in the reality of over editing, right? And so you need to always be aware of that. Sometimes you just need to put it out there. Again, let's put out there things that are professional. Let's do what we can to not have the typos and things like that. But if you're sitting on a book for like nine months just because you feel like it needs one more edit, then you need to ask yourself if you're afraid to put it out there. And all of these rounds of edits are just your way of delaying 
publication. Only you are going to be able to answer that, but it is something to be aware of. And I love this idea of start before you're ready. I think that for almost every single one of us, that's how our first book came into the world, right? We didn't necessarily feel ready. We figured it out. And that's what we can continue to do to allow our books to be a success and our careers as authors to be as successful and enjoyable as possible. So that is everything figure outable, or sorry, everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo. I hope you got some good information and inspiration from that, and we'll talk to you soon.